Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Kayla. And you're listening to True Crime Exposed. Where me and my mom will bring you a new case discussion every week. We also advocate for victims through interviews with family, experts, survivors, and more. to the show. The case I chose for you guys today is one that has an outrageous sentencing that happened right here by my hometown, just about 20 minutes away from my house. And the sentencing is so outrageous. It's so despicable that I had to bring it to you guys and spread this further than Idaho. So with that, are you ready for today's case? Okay, so this case makes me super mad. I'm going to warn that it is a child abuse case, which we all hate. I feel like you always do those. I know, but that's because (laughs) I'm so passionate about doing them because I hate them. It's an epidemic and I know that everyone hates it, but we can't ignore it because then what can we ever do to help it get better, right? So I actually shared a TikTok on it. I think I've even talked to you about it because it's that case right here out of Rigby, Idaho, where this guy got a very, very light sentence. And that's pretty much the reason I wanted to come on here and talk about it because I feel like more people outside of Idaho need to know this sentencing and hear about it because it's just not right. What happened is wrong. So... I thought I would talk about it. It's not like a crazy long case with a ton of information, but I think it's definitely important to talk about. I literally hope that the judge or the prosecutors hear this since they're right here in Rigby. I'm sure a lot of people who listen might even know them and you should have them listen to it because they need to know that they should not do this in the future <laughs> because they definitely they messed up this case and they kind of screwed over this little baby so dylan hunter Budakoffer is from rigby idaho and by the time he is about 20 years old he has met his girlfriend possibly fiance because facebook says they were engaged since july 4th 2021 and her name is aspen And I'm only going to use her first name here because she's never mentioned in the news reports. I found her information through my own digging on Facebook and she wasn't ever like in trouble for this. And she seems genuinely sad through her social media about what happened. Basically, I don't fully know how she feels about all of this. Like I said, this is right here by me. So people who listen might even know who she is. So I just do not want to share too much information about her. So I'm going to stick with the first name. Anyway, this couple is living in Rigby, Idaho when they have their baby in 2021. This is Ashton Budakoffer. He's adorable. He's a little baldy. Looks like his eyes are bluish and he has like a really cute smile. And it looks like Aspen went to Rigby High School and graduated in 2020, just about a year before she has her baby. And Dylan is either 20 when they have their baby or almost 20, but I couldn't figure it out exactly. Now, Rigby High School is literally 20 minutes from my house. This small town is right by me here in Idaho Falls, and it's 
part, like I said, of why this infuriates the heck out of me. Because this case, the things that are said are just mind-blowing and it's gross to me that it happened right here. You're the one who has said, like, if you want to get away with crime, be in Idaho, right? <laughs> and this has, like, seriously made me feel that because I am so frustrated with what happened. So, Rigby has a population of about 5,000 people. There's only one high school, one middle school, Rigby High School and Rigby, Rigby Middle School, which, side note, that has nothing to do with this case, but ties into that horrible tragedy that occurred in Texas last week is that like last year or a couple years ago um, there was a Rigby middle school student who brought a gun with her to school she was about 11 years old if I'm remembering correctly she was in sixth grade which was a part of the middle school and she did shoot three people but thankfully none of them died a teacher ended up stopping her and taking the gun from her and, but just talking about Rigby reminded me of Texas last week. And I thought, you know, we should pay a little tribute to those all those kids and those teachers that died because that's actually so sad. And it is. Oh, my heart has been hurting so much. I don't understand so how it keeps happening over and over and over. I know. And it's just like, it's beyond me frustrating. Out. It freaks me out to send my kids to school. It's like, you just don't even know if it could happen. They literally have to start doing closed campus, locked down campus. I s am on the train for paying a lot of money, metal detectors, bag checks. Like, I mean, my grandpa went to a school like that. So if there's schools out there like that, let's make all schools like that, like super hard to get in and out of. <laughs> I'm fine with my kid being locked in there as long as no one gets to them. But yeah, that is like the saddest thing ever. I've been crying about it every time I see, see a video. Did you see that meme going around about guns? Uh-uh. Like, um, why don't we, like, um, get the parents' permission for a young man to buy a gun, um, make him travel, wait two days, sign a consent, walk through a bunch of people that are yelling at him saying he's going to murder some children. I mean, basically, they were you know comparing it to uh, like what women have to go through with abortion yeah like how much harder it is to get an abortion than it is to get a gun yes I actually heard that because obviously this happened in Texas which is the same place where that law you know right has been kind of having controversy and yeah it is true I've seen a lot of that too where it was like make them wait have like medical consent blah 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 but it is true like why is it harder to get an abortion than a gun i'm all for owning guns like i honestly would not feel safe in my house if i didn't have a gun but i'm fine with jumping through a lot of hoops to make sure that i'm safe enough to have a gun you know right it's like it's a yeah. good mixture i'm just worried that like even gun control will well, like, like, I'm fine with that. I, I think it should happen. I'm also worried it will still happen. So it's like, yeah, make it harder to get a gun. Make the schools more protected. It's sad that our, like, literal kids are dying. I watched a video of a dad the other day on TikTok. Just his 10-year-old died. It, from what I've seen, is basically he, you know, got himself locked into a couple classrooms. And so it was pretty much all fourth graders who were 10 years old that got killed and his daughter was one of them and I was crying through the whole video it's so sad 
I just can't. Well, I think our country handle. can do a lot better at mental health. Yeah. Like honestly. Yeah. I agree. I think it's we like need seriously to get going on the mental health. I mean, we should know from doing all these true crime podcasts. Obviously. Like, you can find abundance of mental health in the world. Yeah. And the United States stinks at it. It does. At treating it and getting people the help that they need. The United States is terrible. Yeah, I agree. At mental health. Yeah. It's it's a really like there has to be tons of changes in all of those areas schools guns mental health everything anyway that was a long tangent that rigby reminded me of but i thought we should kind of talk about it a little because this is a true crime podcast and anyway getting back to dylan and aspen the couple has their baby ashton in 2021 and it's october 5th 2021 that police respond to a call that brings them to dylan budikoffer's home where they find three-month-old ashton unresponsive of course, it causes panic, but this is their job. So responders remain calm while they start to, you know, start life-saving measures on Ashton. They're performing CPR, but that's just not going to cut it. So Ashton is loaded into an ambulance and rushed to Ermac, which is here in Idaho Falls. It's Eastern Idaho Regional Medical Center. I had my baby there last year. Mom, you and Shannon, you know, helped make the NICU what it is today. So we're very, again, like we're just really familiar with this area. And this is why this case like is so sad to me. Once Ashton arrives at Ermac, medical personnel start working on the little boy immediately. And doctors are sick to their stomachs by what they find because Ashton has bleeding in his brain, which that's not even all. So his clavicle is fractured and it hadn't been broken that day. It was in the process of healing and the clavicle is his collarbone, if you don't already know that. And Ashton also has a previous brain injury that was also in the process of healing. So immediately the staff at Ermac could see that Ashton's injuries were caused by child abuse. And doctors relay this message to the police investigating Ashton's injuries. These are officers with, the Jefferson, with Jefferson County, which covers Rigby, Idaho area. And the doctors also let officers and Ashton's family know that he needs to be taken south to Primary Children's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah. This is about a three-hour drive from Idaho Falls, where Ermac is, but Ashton is transported there via air ambulance, which you worked for air ambulance before, right? So how long do you think that takes from Idaho Falls to primaries? Oh, jeez. It is, we, I can't remember ever flying there that often. We did fly to Jackson Hole a lot, but when we flew there, we did have to take an airplane rather than the helicopter. Oh, okay. So, but it still probably only took like an hour. Yeah. And again, just saying how, like how close this case is to so many stuff. You and Shannon, my mom and her husband, they met at Primary Children's when they both worked there in the NICU. So like, seriously, I feel like we know all these places. Well, the f so did you say this baby, it's a baby, five months old, did you say? Three months old. Three months old, okay. Mm-hmm. Three wow. months old, bl brain no. bleeding, which is not caused easily, right? Because, no. I mean, babies I mean, shaken baby syndrome. Yeah. Like, if you just even shake them a little bit, they can get it. Yeah, but it's pretty obvious when a baby has a brain bleed that they 
it's probably not some accident. Well, you do go down the differential diagnoses and probably abuse is one of them. Yeah. And then that, those two healing injuries show that something clear. I mean, a broken collarbone on a baby. I Yeah. I mean, I'm always devil's advocate, right? So when babies are born, sometimes their shoulders could get stuck and they could get oh, a fractured clavicle. They can. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, good to yeah, know. I've seen quite a few of those. And so, I mean, you're probably going to want to get the birth history. Was he a big baby? Things like, you mm. know. Yeah, there's like different things you can see. Yeah. Okay. I mean, before you just jump to, oh, this kid's abused, you obviously look at everything else as well. To come to that conclusion. But that's why I could never, ever like do pick you, like pediatric ICU. Everyone always is like, oh, that'd be so scary to do NICU and little babies. To me, I mean, it's scary here and there, but... Pick you would be so sad because yes. you do see like these children that can talk and tell you and yeah, um, you're come seeing in more abused ha- children. Abused, yeah. yeah. You're not seeing like in the NICU. You're not really seeing abused babies. Like you might see babies withdrawing from drugs and stuff, and that's sad. And it's sad to like watch any baby like die. But yeah, the pick you right. would be a lot different. Yeah, that would be hard. I don't think I could either. I'd be crying every day. So the staff on both the air ambulance and at Primary Children's, they do confirm what the doctors at Ermac had stated, that they believe these injuries were severe and that Ashton could very likely pass away from this brain bleed. And they also believe that this was caused by abuse of this child. Ashton looked to be either shaken or slammed into something. So like you said, shaken baby syndrome, or they said slammed, I don't know, against a wall, against a bed, something. It's the day after arriving at the hospital on October 6th that Ashton's mom Aspen posts on Facebook, quote, this world isn't fair, end quote, which it's not. It's reported by Erica Grossarth with East Idaho News that only two days after arriving at Primary Children's, three-month-old Ashton Budakoffer dies from his injuries on October 7th, 2021. And on that day, Aspen updates her profile picture to one of her little boy, paying tribute to what she had just lost. Now, the Jefferson County Police are not only investigating the abuse of Ashton, but also the death. And as they are starting into their investigation, they realize that only about one month before this, officers had been called to Ashton's home alongside CPS. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of that history Mm -hmm. where you would see that there is this history of this. And this is when officers and CPS are made aware of that clavicle fracture. So when it I think this is about when it had happened. The month before? Yes. I'm not actually sure if a family member had called or if the baby had been seen by a doctor who noticed the broken collarbone. But they're there for not only the broken collarbone, but bruises that are seen on the baby. Mm. So this, Mm -hmm. yeah. So while they can probably get a broken collarbone through birth, I think this kind of shows investigators that he got it after his birth. And there's this history of abuse. Now they come to the home and they speak with Aspen, Ashton's mom. And she tells investigators that the bruises on the baby, she thinks that they were caused by their dog. And that's also how she believes the clavicle fracture could have occurred. 
And there's like a few things here that I don't know about. So I don't know if Aspen knew more about the injuries or if she really didn't know and was taking her best guess. Because like I said, she's not involved in like the charges at all. She's not like she's not tied into the investigation really. So I don't know if she's covering for Dylan. I don't know if she truly doesn't know that he did that to their baby. It does seem that they're together. It does seem that they live together. So I'm really not even going to speculate. I just, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I also don't know if CPS just believed her and that like, they're like, yeah, maybe it was the dog. It's stated by Coloma Hines with East Idaho News that it's quote, not clear if CPS took any action, end quote, which clearly they did not take any action because Ashton is in the care of his parents a month later when he is abused to the point that he dies. No, I could go off about it. (laughs) You, she always. I don't want you to get fan (laughs) hate. No, she's always calling me about like CPS because she works with them a lot. Right. And I mean, they are doing like a good job, a hard job, but I would say, you know, it depends on the person, the worker, (laughs) but I do think it's a broken system and we've discussed that before it's a broken system and I feel bad I don't know if the problem is that they're so short-staffed that they can't do anything or Mm -hmm. if they were to take all these babies or children away from their parents that are doing wrong that they would have nowhere to place them there's not enough foster parents I mean there's a lot of things but unfortunately I get to see a lot about the system a lot of it firsthand and they give with they give them a lot of chances yeah which i mean i think the goal at least of utah's um dcfs is to keep the families united if they can yeah but it should not no be at what. the expense of the child <laughs> yeah it shouldn't be no matter what it's just it is frustrating it because it shouldn't be but i unfortunately <laughs> a lot of times it is yeah I get that families should be together and you know I I hope that people can like get better and take care of their kids but I think like putting families first at the expense of the child is just not the right thing but you know hopefully systems can be reformed over time but we'll see. <laughs> I think I'm probably jaded against them. Yeah. I know dealing with them for the last 25 years so yeah I'm not a good I feel like you've person to talk on seen them give a lot of not great parents too many chances and I mean because you're seeing babies born addicted to drugs you're so worried about sending certain children home with these families and there's literally nothing you can do no matter how much worry or how many times you call yeah that would be so hard for me like just and you know you're gonna send them into this terrible environment you're like okay see ya good luck do good I know I feel like I I mean (laughs) I I feel like I'd be considering daily like should I just scoop this baby up and bring it home with me (laughs) you can't (laughs) obviously but it would probably be a thought that would always cross my mind like how how do I get this baby not to go home yeah that's just sad but it has to be talked about because it is a broken system and that's how things slip through the cracks so often like one month before Ashton 
is being seen by CPS for a broken collarbone and nothing happens. I know. I'd be curious to know, like, if they took him to the hospital and then the hospital called on him. I know. Like how CPS ended up getting involved. I am curious about that too. If I end up being able to find out ever, I will update this case. But as of now, I really don't know. Well, it should be like in the, are the court transcripts available? Well, he pled guilty. So it's not, you know, when they take a plea agreement, usually there's not a ton that comes out in court like it does during a trial. Mm. Yeah. So after Ashton passes away, police bring Dylan Budakoffer in to interrogate him. And at first he's like, you know what? I really don't know what happened. I can't believe it. I think Ashton got that brain bleed from falling off my lap, which no, he didn't. But okay. And officers don't fall for Dylan's stories. They know better. Multiple medical staff had confirmed to them that these injuries were not accidental. They were caused by shaking or slamming Ashton. So they tell Dylan, no, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit with medical reports. Ashton was abused. And Dylan caves pretty easily, admitting that, okay, yes, he got upset with Ashton. He was changing his diaper and he became so enraged that he decided to shake and squeeze his son. Now, I don't know what he means by squeeze, but it seems like a word to me that's being used to make the abuse almost sound more gentle. Like, oh, I shook him and like squoze mm. him. It's like, mm, you probably did more than just give him a little squeeze. I squeeze my kids all the time. Squeeze their cheeks, squeeze them for a hug. That's what squeeze sounds like to me. But yeah, so I'm sure, you know, take that as you will. I'm sure Dylan makes the abuse sound like far less than what it was. That's what someone's going to do in this situation, right? So, but he does admit to shaking him. And then he also goes on to admit that it wasn't the first time something like this had happened. Obviously, we know Ashton was being abused before his death due to that CPS involvement a month earlier. But I don't think shaking or squeezing a baby is going to break their collarbone. Like, like you said, it can happen when they're being born. But I mean, how do you think like a collarbone would be broken squeezing yeah like maybe super hard i don't know how fragile are their bones at three months three months old do you know they're pretty fragile yeah i would say but yeah even like grabbing a kid and shaking him cannot you know cannot break that gives them shaken baby syndrome that maybe depending on how hard he grabbed no oh, just hurts me to even think of that or slammed if you yes slam. when their head like they said or yeah that slam a shoulder somewhere that actually into the crib or something yeah you know oh that's so sad like this is a baby a three-month-old baby they're so tiny i know so once this confession is made dylan is obviously arrested Originally, he is appointed a public defender by the name of John Stomach, but he replaces him with hired defense attorney Curtis Smith. And I'm sure his family hired his lawyer and not Dylan himself, because as you'll hear throughout this trial, Dylan just has so much family support. So Dylan is charged with two counts of felony injury to a child. But it's not long before he starts talking with the Jefferson County Prosecutor's Office, who agree to a plea agreement with Dylan. 
they will drop the felony injury to a child charges in exchange for Dylan to plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter. So prosecutors agree that they will not recommend more than three to 15 years in prison for the charge. And that's about right because voluntary manslaughter is punishable by up to 15 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. And like, do I personally think it's enough for the murder of your child due to the pain and torture of child abuse? No, but that sentence would be a heck of a lot better than what BS sentence Dylan gets that is the whole reason for me sharing this story. So when prosecutors make this agreement with Dylan, they release a statement saying, quote, Budakoffer did unlawfully, but without malice, kill AB to wit by shaking and or dropping AB, causing injuries from which AB died, end quote, which unlawfully, but without malice, like he was abusing his baby. That is malice to me. He, I mean, CPS was involved a month before. It was not an accident. You know when you're abusing a like child. He didn't plan to do it. Yeah, like I think. You know, I think first degree murder, but yes, it accidentally happened. Like oh, like he didn't do it with like ill intent. Like it wasn't malicious. He just, you know, he got angry and accidentally killed his son he didn't know that shaking him was going to kill him but it's like no you know that everyone knows that shaken babies can die that is just a common knowledge thing and it is malicious to hurt your kid to the extent that they have a broken collarbone and they die Hopefully I don't go off on too many tangents because through this next part, the trial, I am like so (laughs) enraged and pissed off. I seriously was crying while looking through the articles on this case. I was getting so pissed off. I swear I read so many things that I was just like, I had to stop and say to myself 25 times, you're kidding. Like I was just swearing to myself upstairs. I was so mad. So I think I remember you telling me. (sighs) about this the verdict yeah oh and it is even worse even worse than i thought so we'll get to it it's even worse than you're thinking so dylan budikoffer is 20 years old when he pleads guilty in december of 2021 to felony voluntary manslaughter for the death of his three-month-old infant son ashton budikoffer now because he pleads guilty There was really no attorney argument during that hearing. Kind of like I said earlier, there's not a, you know, a big trial or anything. So it's during Dylan's sentencing hearing that we hear from prosecutors and defense attorneys. And like I said, this is why I'm sharing the case. It's Judge Stephen Thompson that is presiding over this while Curtis Smith is the defense attorney. And I'm not going to say this name right. Sherry Stavinsky is the prosecutor. And I believe he's a male, even though, because it's, it's not like Sherry, like S-H-E-R-I, and it said he when I was researching it. It's like S-E-R-H-I-V. But, you know, this is just audio, so I wanted people to know because they probably just think a woman. Just like people do with Shannon, my stepdad, but <laughs> he's, a, he's a male. <laughs> now, he's a male. Yep. <laughs> I actually remember. Everyone always thinks I'm Shannon. Someone 
when I was like in sixth grade and we moved to Idaho, someone was like, oh, your mom's a lesbian. And I was like, nope, that's her <laughs> husband. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, my mom and Shannon. My mom and yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, your mom's a lesbian. <laughs> and I was like, no, she's actually just married to a guy named Shannon. I mean, that's fine if you were a lesbian, <laughs> but you weren't. And they just assumed that. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh my I cannot remember who it was, but it was one of my friends. Anyway. It was probably Jacob, <laughs> your husband. Probably. <laughs> no, it was a girl I remember specifically, but I cannot remember who. Anyway, I got most of my information about the trial from Jonathan Hogan with the Post Register, and a lot of the things he said I really liked. Like I said, this is where I got really frustrated. It seems that he also kind of thought this trial was BS or this, you know, sentencing hearing was BS, and we'll get into it. So, as they're going through the trial, attorneys and judges are discussing sentencing and it keeps being brought up how, quote, much was made of how his life would be affected, end quote. And they're talking about Dylan's life. So, so much was made about how Dylan, who killed his son, how his life is going to be affected by this. I'm like, yeah, ob obviously yeah. your life should be affected. There's consequences. Yeah. By abusing <laughs> your baby to death. I personally think they ought to give him a vasectomy. Me too. Oh, there's even a quote in here. There's so <laughs> many things said that it's like, yes, yeah, no, definitely a vasectomy. Agree. Who was that said by? So Jonathan. General? Like people were worried about his future. Oh, oh yeah. And I'll give you some quotes. People are so worried about Dylan. In this hearing, no one cares about Ashton. No one talks about him. It is all about Dylan. So defense attorney Curtis Smith argues that Dylan could actually do more good out of prison and that prison would ruin his life. It would make him into a criminal. And the judge agrees, noting that Dylan has this strong family support and he really has shown remorse for his actions. And it's like, um, okay, I get that prison systems are not the best. And yes, we need to do better on rehabilitation and stuff. But I'm sorry, I highly doubt that Dylan Budakoffer is going to do more good out of prison than in prison. <laughs> like, I just... For real, I guess we'll see in about five years. Oh. What's up with him? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's... Oh, Let's get through this. I'm so mad. <laughs> so there's another quote from that article that says, quote, there was less discussion about the consequences the crime had for three-month-old Ashton Budakoffer than there was for Dylan. So again, kind of what I said earlier. Now, with that plea agreement, it did allow Jefferson County Prosecutor's Office to argue for that three to 15-year prison sentence. But Prosecutor Stavinsky only recommends the maximum amount of probation. And the prosecutor argues for just the maximum amount of probation due to the lack of Dylan's criminal history and says that Dylan was working to take responsibility for his son's death. Quote, this wasn't an easy case for anyone involved. And that is from prosecutor Stavinsky why is the prosecutor arguing for Dylan 
Do Does he know his family? Are they all from Rigby? I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> does he look like a nice young man? No, not to me. He looks disgusting to me, but maybe I'm like... I got to go look him up right yeah. now. You keep talking. He does not look like... I mean, and that would piss me off probably even more because it's like they would. Like, I don't know if it's family. Like, to me, it seems like, hey, are all of you from Rigby and you all know his family and, like, you don't you don't want to give him this long sentence? I don't understand. Mm. Yeah. I'm looking him you up see right him? now. I mean, he looks, he doesn't look terrible. But he doesn't, ugh. He's just. He, he looks like a young man. He looks like a douche, you know, <laughs> to me, but I'm <laughs> jaded because I already know the story. So it is Jefferson County prosecutor Mark Taylor comes out and he says that his office was greatly surprised that the Idaho Department of Corrections also recommended Dylan receive probation in the case. So that is true. The Idaho Department of Corrections does recommend Dylan to receive probation. And I don't know if that's why Prosecutor Stavinsky decided to also agree with that. But then Mark, who I don't think is necessarily prosecuting it, but obviously works in the office, he's coming out saying like, oh, well, we were surprised by that. And then he says, quote, our office is responsible for charging cases and getting them to the sentencing phase. However, what sentence the defendants receive is entirely in the discretion of the judge. Increasingly, because of the legislature's decision not to build more prisons, we are seeing more and more cases that used to get prison time placing people instead on probation, end quote, which I do agree with what Mark is saying. That is probably true. Like build more prisons. People do not need to be getting off. Also, if you're letting people off, let's let people off who are charged with drugs or things like that. Let's not let them off for violent crimes and assault. Also, I don't agree with the beginning of what Mark said, because he says that a prosecutor's job is only to get the hearing to a sentencing, but then it's out of their hands. Yet you argue as a prosecutor what sentence you believe should be handed down, right? So it's like, no, your like responsibility doesn't just end. Like you should be arguing the sentence you believe the people you're prosecuting deserve. Mm -hmm. So I think obviously people are pissed about this sentence and they really don't want to take the heat as a prosecutor's office but it's like you guys didn't argue for it you argued for the maximum amount of probation <laughs> you didn't do right you did not do right as a prosecutor's office for the baby you should be that's who you should be defending i wish they would give an explanation on why yeah why did they do that literally the explanation pretty much is that everyone's worried about Dylan <laughs> like it makes no sense it's disgusting anyway Curtis Smith that's the defense attorney he asks the judge to consider how a prison sentence could affect Dylan's life and then he goes on to discuss this other case in which a prosecutor chose not to even pursue charges against a man who also shook a baby to death he notes that in that case, the father later became a banker. And I'm like, it's like, okay, well. And probably abused his wife, but never got caught. Exactly. Like that guy was also, like, like that prosecutor, whoever chose not to 
charge in that case, that prosecutor also did wrong. Like, that's not right. If you shake a baby and they die, a baby is a person. A baby is a human just as any other human. If they are murdered, if a woman is beaten to death, is that considered murder? Or is that considered an accident? It's murder. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I don't get it. So. It is pretty baffling. No, it's like mind-blowing the things that are said by these people and it is sickening to me that it's people living right here by me and running the justice system right here oh yeah like oh we can just kill our babies and get away with it that's not okay i yeah idaho falls oh was it in idaho Falls? no rigby so right here by us though so Curtis, he says that his client was remorseful and sending him to prison would reduce his ability to have a positive impact on the community, which it's like, these are the things I'm saying that are said. What is going to reduce his? He's not going to have a positive impact on our community. He's not. I hate him right now. Like if I see him (laughs) out here in the community, I'm going to be pissed. There is no positivity that Dylan Budikoffer is bringing to the community for me. So Curtis goes on to recommend that Dylan could speak publicly about his experience and educate other would-be parents of the risks of shaken baby syndrome, which, oh, thank you. Um, We all know that shaken baby syndrome leads to death. We all know that. This is not a new concept. And then Curtis also cites his client's youth, suggesting that Dylan was too young to be a parent, Quote, I don't mean to suggest Dylan couldn't have or shouldn't have done something different. In fact, not at all. But I recognize in spending so much time with him and his family that he didn't have the tools and wasn't ready for that experience. End quote. Dylan is 20. I was 20 when I had Charlie. And I can guarantee being a young parent does n- is no excuse for abusing your kid. Right. The, even the fact that he said that, that pissed me off. I'm like, he's not too young to be a parent. I was a parent at that age. And I <laughs> never abused my kid. I mean, okay. I'm. It is. Was he remorseful? They say he was. But for me, like, so I'll kind of get, Dylan does make a statement later. And, you know, he says he's sorry and stuff. But for me, thinking... As a parent, I guess, like, and I can't judge other people's actions, you know, he doesn't want to go to prison. Me, if I killed my baby, I would pretty much say, kill me, kill me. Like, I cannot imagine even living another day. Like, I almost feel like I'd get up and say, literally send me to prison, give me the death sentence. Like, I do not want to live. If I was truly remorseful for my baby and not remorseful that my actions led to this thing that is now getting me in trouble you know true yeah yes I mean I feel like maybe he could change and maybe he could have a second chance but sure it does sound like throughout the baby's um, life he was being abused he was being that we know of at least two times, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, well, and here's the thing: you have is, a pattern of I it. I know. So, like, was it a mistake when you did it? 
Right. And you know what? The that- second time? Ugh. Seriously. And it's like, sure. Can people maybe like receive another chance? Maybe be rehabil- ha- rehabilitated? Sure. But maybe after 10 years, 15 years. But the sentence, which we haven't even gotten to, is what is literally <laughs> so frustrating. So like, yeah, I, I can see their arguments. I personally have a very hard time with child abusers and baby murders that like for me, like in the wrong way, I probably just like want them to be in prison for their whole life. But I would have been fine with a 15 year sentence. The sentence is like what is so screwed up about this case. Like I said, he does you know, make a statement. And he says, quote, your honor, I feel terrible about what happened. And I wish I could change it every day. I miss my son every single day. End quote. I don't know. I don't know if you're just, I don't know how to feel about it. Cause like, I'm so mad when people kill their kids. Like it makes me more mad than like strangers murdering strangers, like someone killing their own kid. It just feels like the worst thing to me because that is your entire job when you have a child to protect that child so like for me personally I think I like don't feel bad for him at all like you miss your son okay you killed him but you know I'm really upset by these cases if he really didn't like truly if it was an accident yeah. If he truly didn't know, like, that you could shake a baby and that could happen. I'm literally. And he was truly re- remorseful of it. Like, he's got, he's going to be hard enough on himself, right? Like, he's probably going to be hard I hope so. That's like, life. that's like all I can hope. Yes. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> that is the best case scenario. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just hard to, like, navigate through these. Now, the judge. He ends up sharing his concerns that this is going to negatively affect Dylan. And he cites this statistic. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, as it should. It should. <laughs> but he goes on to cite statistics that show, I don't know this word, recidivism. Do you know that? Recidivism. I don't know. Mm-mm. Maybe it's like referring to rehabilitation. Recidivism recidivism rates are higher for defendants placed on writer programs than those on probation so like a writer program i believe you go to prison i don't know about it a ton but i do know a lot of times when people are sentenced for drugs and stuff they get on these writer programs i think they're basically able to work their way out of prison like a little earlier so it's like the recidivism is the tendency of a convicted criminal to reoffend. Okay. He says, the judge says, quote, sometimes you can make criminals out of people by sending them to prison, end quote, which again, our prison system isn't great. There does need more rehabilitation. But like I've stated a million times, I think rehabilitation and like lighter sentences should be for people who are making mistakes that truly affect themselves, not people who are violent, not people who are assaulting, not people who are killing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then Judge Thompson also says he's worried about how Dylan would be treated in jail. And he tells him, quote, the nature of your crime is one that is not well received by other inmates, end quote. Yeah, 
because people don't like when you abuse kids. <laughs> like, I don't get why the judge is worried about how he's going to be treated in prison. Like, I literally mm. don't get it. Like, why is that even being taken into account? Like, I know how it seems like they all just feel really bad for him. They have to, like, know his family, right? Like, this is Rigby. It's small. Like, seriously, I'm calling you guys out. Do you all know Dylan's family or what? I do not get it. <laughs> it does not seem right. Like, yeah, they. it's not received well by other inmates. It's also not received well by the public. So when I see Dylan freaking at the 4th of July parade or something, I'm going to want to go punch him. Like, yeah, that is how people feel about child abuse. Like, I just, oh, it's so frustrating to me. Now, the judge goes on to tell Dylan that he had been balancing these feelings of sympathy and anger over Ashton's death. And he gives us, he gives down the sentence saying that it is a relatively short jail period, which would be seen as far too short for a man who killed an infant. But to the judge, it feels like the appropriate sentence. And the support that Dylan had from his family reduced the likelihood that he would repeat his offense. And then the judge also says he's going to require Dylan to speak publicly about killing his son. We do not want to hear from Dylan about his experience. We do not like that's what the defense attorney and the judge like they're so hell bent on like, oh, he can do the community good. Oh, he can public speak about shaken baby syndrome and like learning about it. Yeah, let's have people like maybe Ashton's other family speak about it. Let's have people whose children or like grandchildren have been killed by being shaken. Let's not have the people who do the shaking come out talking to everybody because I can tell you I do not care what Dylan has to say about it it sounds like they think he like just did this uh mistake which makes no sense to like, me because CPS was an accident in, yeah but CPS was involved a month before for a broken collarbone that was healing by the time Ashton dies this was not a like one-time mistake right. and I think that's proven he goes on to say that through the sentencing he also Dylan will also not be allowed to be alone with a child under the age of six and that if he has another child he will be required to report to child protective services that's that's why I think he should get a vasectomy exactly when you said that I was like oh yeah they even talk about how if he has another child so it's like yep yeah, well you're 20 so you know he probably will have another child in his life and it's right. like he can't be alone with them till they're six. Oh, at six, are you all of a sudden not able to be abused? Because I can tell you that children still can be very much abused after they're six they years old. They don't get any easier. No. From being a baby. It's, it's just stupid. The whole thing's stupid. So, In fact, they're worse than the teen years. They're more frustrating, <laughs> right? They start being defiant, all that. So Judge Stephen Thompson, he's like acknowledging this disparity between Dylan's support and the support for Ashton as he goes to sentence him, saying, quote, it's kind of one sided here today. There's nobody really speaking out on behalf of the child, end quote, which, yeah, exactly. But then Judge Stephen Thompson still hands down this outrageous sentence. Dylan, he receives 90 days in county jail not prison, K 
county jail, and then he receives 10 years of felony probation. But, and I was pissed about that. That's what I talked to you about. Like, oh, this guy got three months in jail for the murder of his three-month-old baby. Like, he literally only got as much time in jail as, like, much time as he allowed his child to live. Like, three months for three months? Like, no. That is not fair. I was really mad about it. I made a TikTok about it. And, you know, like, people are mad about it. But I found out when researching this case that that is not as bad as it gets. Because Dylan... He gets credit for 77 days time served. So he actually, after being sentenced, he's probably out right now because he only would spend 13 days in county jail before being placed on probation. 13 days. How did he get credit from before? Because he had been arrested in October and then he is getting sentenced in early 2022, March 2022. Did he stay in jail? Yep. While they were waiting or? Must have. So he literally wow. gets sentenced to 90 days, but they're like, oh, you've been here for 77. So you know what? We're going to count it. And in 13 days, you get out for the murder of your kid. 13 let's get days. You out because we're, we don't have enough beds in our, pr- yeah. in our jail. It's like build another prison. If this is literally what is happening to people abusing their children, get them out, like build more. I don't care. Build more. Spend the money. Like, I... 13 days. I could not believe that. Well, it'd come back on you, probably, to pay it. Yeah. Well, I'm fine. I'll pay it. I will pay it. I hate taxes, (laughs) but I'll pay it. (laughs) Now, if Dylan violates probation, he could get a 2-10 to year prison sentence, which also just kind of annoyed me because it's like, oh, if he violates probation, he'll get a few years in prison. But not if he murders his kid. He'll just get 13 days in the county jail. (laughs) Like, he will get more time and actually go to prison if he violates probation. That is bizarre. But, right? I, like, was reading all of this. like, mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I hope he does violate it and goes to prison. I hope they give him a 10-year sentence after knowing how annoyed people are with them. But, you know, who knows? He also has to pay... $865.50 in fees and fines. $865. That's it? Yeah, voluntary manslaughter. You could have paid, I think it was, what was it? Yeah, something like that. $10,000? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, you get in trouble more for driving drunk. Exactly. $865.50 for the life of your baby that you took. I don't get it. I literally do not get it. So this sentencing, it is actually way shorter than sentences given to people who have been in similar situations. And Jonathan, on that post-register article, he names a few. So in February of 2021, James and Amanda Berry, who are from Idaho Falls, were sentenced to prison after their daughter was hospitalized and suffered permanent brain injuries. She didn't even die. And they went to prison, which I said she didn't even. I'm, I mean, getting permanent brain injuries is horrifying, but she wasn't murdered is what I'm saying. And they should go to prison. I agree with that sentence. I I don't know how many years they got, but they should be in prison for abusing their child and creating permanent brain injuries. 
But what I'm saying is she wasn't murdered and Ashton was. And they actually go to prison and Dylan doesn't. Then there's Stanley Scruggs of Idaho Falls. He was sentenced in May 2020 to a minimum of two years in prison after he threw his infant against a wall. He broke his baby's bones and it had caused brain bleeding. And this baby also did not die, but did have a developmental delay. And he got at least two years. I think he should get more than two years. But, you know, compared to Dylan, he got a lot more. And then in 2018, Jesus Castillo of Blackfoot was sentenced to a minimum of 15 years after he kicked his son into a wall, which did kill him. Mm. So it's like, why are certain people getting 15 years as they should and other people are getting 13 days? It sounds like Jefferson County feels sad. They freaking have to know his family. Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely horrifying. So I just had to share this case because of the sentencing. I think it's outrageous. I would be pissed by this case if it happened. Is he still together with Aspen? I don't know. I would very much hope not. Like I said, I don't really know a ton about, you know, her and their relationship. Like, You know, everyone's Facebooks are private. I found her family and her and, you know, they seem really sad. They have photos of him. They say, you know, on Mother's Day, her dad shared a post like um, that said, you know, my my heart is hurting for you. And she also shared one on um, Mother's Day that said, I miss you, baby man. I'd give up my life, my own life if it meant being with you again. Um, And then on September. So I didn't know about this because I wondered if Dylan was you know, abusive in general, because though they were together in October, Aspen shares a post on September 20th on her Facebook. And it says, quote, stop using Gabby Petito and her case as an excuse to say we need to teach our daughters to leave toxic and abusive relationships. Teach your sons not to be abusive. Teach your sons to take no for an answer. Teach your sons to be slash do better, end quote. Now, maybe she's just, you know, shared that as a general statement, but maybe Dylan wasn't the nicest. I mean, he, I believe, was abusing his son over those three months. I I don't think it was a one-time thing, even a two-time thing. Mm -hmm. You know, those are just the two times we know about. And there were, like, very serious injuries. So what times do we not know about where injuries were less serious? He had bruises on his body, like this wasn't some accident to me um but yeah they were together at that point and I actually even found Dylan's Facebook and his Facebook profile pic was like of the baby and the mom I found pictures of him like sleeping with his baby you know like and they look all cute and like on his birthday like a few years before he's asking for donations to St. Jude's Children's Hospital like And it just made me think like social media is so fake Mm -hmm. because here's all these pictures on social media of him like looking like this great dad and, you know, all these things. And it's like, no, you suck and you're hurting your kid. But yet to social media, you're looking like a good guy, you know, you look like you're a great dad. Yeah. So it did seem that people were super, super sad. It was right before. Um, Ashton died that Aspen posted 
quote, can't believe my baby man is already three months old. I wouldn't trade him for anything, end quote. So I really feel for her. I really hope and that she, you know, really didn't know what Dylan was doing to the child. And it sounds like she, her and her family are like super heartbroken over what happened and it's just sad. It's a sad case. Mm. And no one, you know, like they it said, yeah, no one was really speaking out for Ashton. So I decided we would do it. We'd be here. I know a lot of people in Rigby listen to our podcast. So I seriously mm. hope it's spread Tech, there. Send us emails and tell us what's up. Yeah. If you have any insight. Seriously. If you have insight into this case in more information that, you know, we missed definitely email us truecrimeexposed at gmail.com I'm your host Kayla Waters I also research write and edit these episodes my co-host is Alicia Jenkins the palate cleanser is Charlie Waters and our music was created by Jaden Schultz who you can find on Instagram at in pajamas music check us out and connect with us on social media Instagram at truecrimexpod TikTok at truecrimexposed podcast same with Facebook and Twitter at truecrimexposed visit our website truecrimexposed.com or email us truecrimexposed at gmail.com hi I'm Charlie Waters, and today I'm going to be talking about palate cleanser. Today I'm going to be talking about a palate cleanser that fish that eat your skin. Did you know you can get a pedicure that the fish can eat the skin off your toes? So all you do is put it in, is put your feet in the water, and then all these tiny fish come up to you and then eat your tiny skin that they need to eat. And there was fish like that at the aquarium, and I sticked my fingers in. And she had a huge freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Delete that! (laughs) No. Bye. Have a great day. Okay, guys, I highly encourage you to visit childusa.org. And there you're going to find this organization that is the National Think Tank for Child Protection. On their website, you can see what they're about, what they do, different laws, the ways they the ways that they educate and activate for these children and the events that they have. They have a donate button, which makes it super easy for you to get involved and help stand up for these kids. You know I share these stories because child abuse is an epidemic. That is not stopping. It's not going away. And people don't want to confront it because it makes us too sick sad. Well, we have to talk about it. We have to do something. So a little bit about them is that they're fighting for the civil rights of children. Go ahead and visit that website and do what you can.